welcome to the very first ever episode of the best co- podcast ever created, also known as <laughs> that we ha- the best podcast ever created that we haven't even that we are currently yet. creating for the first time called the Sound Sip. So My name is Hannah Three Wits, and I am Haley Catherine. I'm just not gonna mention your last name. No, no all right. Not. Thank you. You'll find that out later. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> it's an Easter egg. Yes. Um, we've been friends for quite a while now. Three-ish years. Yeah, two and a half, three years. Yeah. You're in Nashville. I'm in Charlotte still. We're both originally from Charlotte. Yeah. The Charlotte area. Kind of the country side Yes, of it. I go to school in Nashville. And... Me I go and, to school me and Hannah both love music. Mostly. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. That is a bit of an understatement. It kind of is our entire life. It's what brought us together, I think. Definitely. I think you when we saw first me, met, me, a sophomore the Joy school, Division, the Joy Division, <laughs> the Joy Division, sure. the indie kid in the corner at church, and you were like, I think Sheed. that is when I was under the impression that we had a very similar music taste, and then I started talking to you. Yeah, and that changed. And that changed. <laughs> I was like, wait, you don't actually like know all the songs on Unknown Pleasures? What do you mean? And you were like, <laughs> uh, no. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know every single Joy Division song? I don't understand. Yeah, I remember mm. that. I remember that vividly. Anyways. It was the country music that got brought up, and I was like... Oh, yes. This is out of my element. But well, I'm warming well, up to it. I've brought I you am. around. She has brought me around, and but I brought anyways. her around to new metal, so... <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I'm still working on it, guys. We'll Whatever. get there. Okay, anyways. Today. Today we're sipping. Episode, we're sipping. We're sipping on some nog, as we like to call it, and also the brand, because that is what it is called. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's not that good no it's actually horrible but normally, it's, <laughs> normally we'd be drinking coffee but it is kind of late and like i do want to sleep tonight so that's... it is vegetarian eggnog vegan eggnog, thus yeah. the nog because the, there's no the egg. nog it's not good yeah it's not that segment great. will be much cooler and funner in the future yeah <laughs> yeah I promise. but until then we are talking about what was my favorite band of all time throughout all of middle school. So, I I think when I met you, you still... They were still my favorite band, definitely. You still told them your favorite band, yeah. And this favorite band is classified as... Green Day. Green Day. Or better known as Sweet Children, right? Better known, exactly. Yeah. That was the name they started out with, they but they changed with, to Green yeah. Day. Sweet Children, which yeah. is just... Aren't we all glad that Green Day changed their name from Sweet Children to Green Day? Because... That name sucks. That name sucks. It's horrible. It's horrible. It really They changed it so they could, um, quote unquote, avoid confusion with another band who are called Sweet Baby. Another horrible name. Wonder why we have never heard of them. I know. Right? Wonder which, why. What's your favorite Sweet Baby song? What's your favorite? <laughs> I'm going to start every conversation from this point forward. I'm going to walk up and be like, hey, you know, you ever heard of a Sweet Baby? They're going to be like, hey, please don't. Don't talk, talk to me, to me ever please again. Stay away. <laughs> so yeah, so they changed to Green Day. What it? What is Green Day? What does that mean, Hannah? That is a marijuana reference. It is indeed. Half of their songs are marijuana references. We'll dig into that once we start kind of going into their tracks. But um, <laughs> lead singer of Green Day is Billy Joe Armstrong, and the fa- the first founding members. What were, were you, what did you say earlier that you were gonna say when we brought up Billy Joe Armstrong? 
Hell hath no fury. Oh, hell hath no fury like the man with the like a man with the body of a woman. Like a man with can the I, body of a woman. Can I say it woman. correctly? Hell hath no fury like a man with the body of a woman. I remember him saying at one point that he wants to keep up his That was a quote from something stature. I read online, by the way. I did not make that up on my own. He's a short little man. And I, I don't think necessarily like five, think five. he has the body of a woman, but he definitely is short. No, he's just a small little man. He just is a he's little so, dude. He's such an angry, yeah. small little midget. I love Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah. He's but I think a, he keeps up with his masculinity how he wants to, which is fine with him and whatever. That's how it should be. As he yeah. should. As I, he I wants to. I don't care to. about how that's masculine that you are compared to your height. Like, whatever. And the other members of short the Short dudes who overcompensate their masculinity because they're short are annoying. Aren't we all the glad The plethora that- of raised trucks around here. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if you live in the southern hemisphere of the United States of America, you definitely know what we're talking about. But anyways, so Billy Armstrong and Mike Dirt started the band in 1986, right? Yes. Mike Dirt. His name Dirt. is actual Michael Pritchard or something. something Pritchard. Like that. Pretty sure. I definitely don't know. Interesting. He's a bassist. The bassist. Cool guy. Very good bassist. Underrated. Simple, but supposed to be. Does it well. Yeah. Punk. Um, I don't know who their first drummer was, and it's irrelevant, because he's not their drummer now. Yeah, I really don't know. Doesn't really matter. But the current drummer is Trey Cool, also known as name since Frank. Frank Wright. named Frank. <laughs> Literally, as opposed to figuratively <laughs> named Frank. <laughs> anyway, they, they're, they're a cool trio of dudes, you know, they have really great chemistry, as you can tell. They've, they've made it quite far. But their first release... Yeah, they haven't broken up yet. That's yeah. Good for them. Somehow, 30 plus years have not broken up yet. But their first release is called, and I quote, 1039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours. And it is a compilation of, I think, everything that they wrote prior to Kerplunk, which was their first debut album. Yeah. So just a compilation of singles and things. Which, for a compilation album, sounds very cohesive. I will say. Yeah. Overall, I think the production, like you were mentioning earlier, it's it was good. Surprisingly good. I think good. the production of Smoothed Out Slappy is better than the production of Kerplunk. I agree. And I, I think that interesting. That I wonder why that a, is. A lot of people can hear that same thing. I mean, yeah. I don't think that that's anything like new and exciting that I've discovered no. necessarily, but yeah. <laughs> I do I do think that the overall sound of Slappy, in my opinion, is just better. I like Slappy more than I like Kerplunk. I wonder, I don't know for sure, but it may be the case that they, like, produced that later anyway. Because it Maybe. is a compilation. I'm not completely sure of, like, the order of when all it came out. No, I think... But technically the songs in Slappy are older. Yeah, they were just written before, but I think they probably produced it after Kerplunk, now that I'm thinking about it, which makes more sense. But what's a, what's a bop off of Slappy? Don't leave me, a I bop. think it's a fan a favorite. Bop. Are we going to call it bop? All right, are we going look, there? look. To all the um, the older people that were around during this time, uh, wait, that we are don't want to call them older people. Let me not older offend all us. these white dudes listening older to this podcast. Older than us. Right now. I'm not. T- okay, all right, y'all. You're not old. Don't worry. You're still hip. You're still cool. Okay. Yeah. If you're listening to Green, if you're listening to a podcast of two Gen Z like teenage girls recording this, like you're hip. Don't worry. You're fine. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, you're still a middle aged man. Like you know what I mean. So you know, <laughs> but you know what? Look. Let me define bop for you. I'm not going to do that. It's a good You're gonna song. You're going to have to deal with our Gen Z like terminology. We can't help it. We really can't. We try not to. We really do. We already have an entire accent together yeah, that we have Anna to talk in an accent. consciously try to not use. 
It's so hard sometimes. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's probably going to come out, but anyway. I mean, you guys used to say cool beans back in the day, so I guess it's kind of like the same thing. Did they? I still say that. You still? <laughs> Unironically? Cool really? Okay, anyways. So- anyway, don't leave me. It's a good don't song. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. That was like some real unison right Me and there. Hannah both really aren't like musicians. <laughs> like, we don't like singing or anything. So just full disclaimer, like, we're not trying to be good. Like, that's not... We're just really into the scene, you know? I haven't warmed you up. Know. Like, don't... <laughs> don't, like, you know, I haven't warmed up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that is a good song. A lot of these songs are just very adolescent, you know? They're like something a 16-year-old would write, something a 16-year-old would listen to. No hate to people older than 16 that listen to it. I still listen to it. I'm older than 16 by, you know, a year. <laughs> I don't I don't regularly listen to this album, not gonna lie. It's just, it's fun, you know? It's fun. It's It's... Adolescent love songs. It's it's a, just that kind of thing. It's a good time. It's, I mean, it's better songwriting than you would expect. Yeah, coming out of what a garage, East yeah, Bay. How old would the very been? early. They were like. When did it say on the that this was released? They were written. I know the band started technically when he was fourteen. Eighty six. Yeah, so they were like fourteen, right? fifteen. So they were like freshmen in so high school. Considering that, if some of these songs were written when he was fourteen, fifteen. When they were 14, 15, like, good on them. Right. Know? Like, Billy Joe Armstrong, um, if I remember this correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Yell at me in the comments. Of Send me an email. Send us an email. Yell at us on at Instagram. DM us. TheSoundSip at gmail.com. But anyway, I think he got his first guitar from his dad when he was 10 years old. And he played it all the time. I think he, he, he skipped school. I'm getting this from, like, a documentary that I saw a long time ago. I couldn't tell you the name of it. Yeah, back in the day when Green Day was your favorite band. Back, back in the day when they were pretty much all I listened to. But there, there was a documentary that talked about that. And he, he'd skip school, you know, to smoke weed and play guitar. And it worked out for him At, very like, well. At, like, 10 years old. At okay. 10 years old. I think that was also the age that he lost his dad. I may also be wrong about that. But he did lose his dad at a young age. So you know age. more about the lore than I do. The lore. He did lose his dad at a young age. And that was, I think that's, that was a pivotal part of him really turning to music as a way to, to kind of escape from everything. Because, yeah. I mean, you can imagine it's a very yeah. painful thing. So um, it doesn't really surprise me necessarily that the songs were pretty well written for someone that age. Yeah, I experienced a lot of emotions. Yeah. I mean, getting high makes you a great songwriter sometimes. <laughs> so depend- sometimes, not always, sometimes. but you know. Not like, always. So you've got you've got that perspective for Slappy and the Kerplunk era. I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, Kerplunk became kind of like a local, a local fan fave. It, yeah, in but California. It, it started gaining them a little bit of traction. You know, they that was the early East Bay punk mm, scene. Northern you know? California, baby, NorCal for the win. <laughs> they played at there was a venue nine two four Gilman, um, still going. But back then it was a big deal. It was you know it was like a club kind of, like. Bands like Green Day would play there, and then they'd get bigger and go play other places, and obviously all those people would be like, oh my god, there's sellouts. They're sellouts. They're not, they don't play at 94 Gilman anymore, because they want to play to more than 12 people, <coughs> so they're sellouts. I hate that crap. That- it is pretty ridiculous. Well, let's just all get mad at bands for like becoming famous and being able to actually afford to put food on their table. Yeah, let's get mad at them I for think being if successful. you're if you make it in an industry like this, it is so so hard to make it worthy to be praised yes i will always praise anybody if you're famous like i don't actively listen to a lot of music and i don't like a lot of music but if you're famous enough 
If they that, got it from working yeah. hard, I respect it. Like, I respect the fact that you've acquired fame. And no Renee's matter how been it's going for you. over 30 years. So they, they've, it's hard work, you know? I respect it. Yeah. So after their, their, their little 15 minutes of short-lived fame from Kerplunk, Dookie swooped in, 1994. And swept it. Swept it all. Dookie. It changed everything. Dookie. That's how, That's how it's written in our notes. Dookie. Dookie. A whole bunch of O's to emphasize Burnout. the goodness of it. Burnout with a bunch of exclamation points because it's such a good song. It's, it's one great. of my favorite my, songs. My favorite song off Dookie is Burnout. Mine as well, probably. I just like it's the the little the little symbol hit. There's something about like the intro to a song that really just hooks me in. And the intro is so the simple, but it's just like it's like. Great. And also, it's the first song on the album, so you just right off the bat you're yeah. just like drawn in. It's yeah. like I remember hearing this album front to back for the first time, and it like. The symbol crash, and then the, I declare, I don't care. Like, I remember, like, smiling. I was like, hey, I like this. I'm gonna like this. And I was right. One of my favorite albums of all time, still to this day. Um, another notable track, Longview. That bass line, everyone <laughs> Notable, knows it. yes, very notable. notable. It, it, one might say it is notable. Notable, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's such a fun song, you know. It's about, you know, boredom, self-indulgence. Again, self-indulgence. Masturbation. Crickets. Yeah. And marijuana self-indulgence omg <laughs> anyways yeah but, so you know, when i come around and mike dirt wrote that um baseline while he was on acid fact check me let's when i come around fact. that one no 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 long, long. I, that's what i thought yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> i thought that was long. I, I was like that's why i was like when i come around is that the one no yeah <laughs> long view that's the one yeah that's i'm pretty sure one. i'm pretty sure she's actually right about that because i think i also Look it up, I've heard guys. that somewhere, so... But yes, When I Come Around, back to the hit. You know, that got a lot of radio play, too. When I come it's just fun. That one was... Um, one this album? Welcome to Paradise. Welcome to Paradise. That yes. was originally written and recorded for um, Kerplunk. Yeah, it and was on Kerplunk. It's, it's, it was more, like, um, tailored in Dookie. But more I produced, think that, yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, I personally prefer the Kerplunk one. I think the, the bridge is more fun. There's a lot going on, but I think it's more fun. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably objectively. I mean, like better the ones I've listened to, Dookie. obviously, is the Dookie version. Yeah, it's the one you hear on yeah. the radio and whatever. So it's right. Like, she, I like she. It's a fun one. Simple. I like the baseline. That's just like, see, said play. Look it up. Taps just. It's zero, kind of zero, a different zero. song on this album. <laughs> it is. It's 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 an outlier. I would say. It's so. like it's a little bit of a. But it's still a pretty popular song off this album. Yeah, I mean, there's really not any songs on this album that are necessarily like not popular. Just because, I mean? just because the album was just so huge, it was just so big. So like, I I guess every song on this album, like all by myself, man, that's the best song I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's Trey Cool's little. Okay, song. Trey. <laughs> coming clean. Another thing I wanted to mention was that coming out kind of coming clean. Yeah. The song. What's the song what's from the uh, second last track? No. No. No, it's, it's up there. a little further. But it's a... Uh, what's that line? Finally found out what it takes to be a man. You know, it's like... In that time, like you were saying earlier, like, in the start in the 60s, and like, every decade, there's, like, some progressive movement. But there's always yeah. more progress to be made. And there's always, like... In punk, it's interesting, because there's always, like, the side of people that are really progressive and tolerant, and they want to accept everyone. And then there's the side, like, the jocks and whatever that just want to, like... Rock Head out, bang and get har- fight be hardcore. And Those they, are they so wear, fun. They, want, they make shows so. Fun. They wear coral color polos to concerts and yeah. <laughs> they own Sperry's. 
the way that I have seen Birkenstocks. the exact group of people that you are referring to. The coral colored shirts. It's that specifically. I've yeah, seen it. Like with rich, my own two eyes. rich white boys who have been given everything they want their Look, entire she's life. She's not talking out of her ass. She's, she's saying <laughs> who, real facts. Who wear coral colored shirts. They listen to like stuff like Green Day, Rage Against the Machine, crap like that. They're like, oh man, this stuff's really hardcore. They have like kind of. But a they themselves are not. Hardcore. No, no yeah, their, they, they like, want facial hair. They have kind Every, of a always, mustache. But always have really. tried to grow out facial hair. Like Can't the, do the, it. the stuff on their lip is like trying to be mustache. Yeah, but it's not good it's at awful. it. Awful. What? What? In, what is the purpose of mustache? Like, like why? Boys, let me give you a piece of advice. If you have that, shave it. Please, just shave it. Moving on. That is not related to Green Day. It kind of is, to, though. I it mean, kind of is, but we're just gonna we're gonna reel it back in okay, here. It's okay. So, Duke, you know, it's it's very there's a consistent sound throughout. It's not a narrative, I would say. Um, okay, but well, it was I, it I'm was their breakout there, album. Yeah, so I'm that's... gonna say there is a little bit of a narrative throughout. I think it's kind of growing up. I think it's kind of just being hesitant to kind of take that step off that cliff of you know of teenage adolescence and kind of like being forced to just. It's it's Grow definitely up. like every album I feel like is the more grown up version of the one before it. I I would agree. Like with that. this is grown up Kerplunk. You know up what up I mean? until the albums that we're talking about today, which after Dookie you had Insomniac and Nimrod, both of which were like very weird. Interesting I have very outliers. little to say on this album, honestly. Insomniac, it it's it's, it's a more produced version of what they kind of, of were already doing. Yeah. Like their their sound. One thing I will say about Green Day is they definitely have a sound that even though they've changed so much over the years, and we'll talk about that more in our second episode where we talk about like American Idiot and the trio albums and all that, but they definitely have a specific sound that they've kept over the years, which I think is important for a band to do that so that those fans who have been loyal since the beginning can kind of still get a taste of that right. through whatever. When you hear Green Day, you know it's Green Day. Yeah, well, and it helps that Billy Joe Armstrong has such a unique voice. Right, it's very largely important. Like, you hear voice. him and you know it's him, I mean. Yeah, I think the way they do harmonies as well, they've always been good with it, even very from Slappy rock. Hours. It's very, like, <laughs> they're great with harmonies, and I think that's a little Beatles influence thrown in there. Yeah. A little bit of the little Beatles. Lennon McCartney moment. Yeah, yeah. I think they did. They do well with that. They did all through their career, even from the beginning. For two dudes who can't really sing, they did pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. Their voice, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not a thing where they're trying to be great technical singers. They did. did they do yeah, well. A lot of rock artists do. aren't doing that. I mean. Yeah, I mean they were they're punk rockers, man. But punk we will talk about more in the next episode how they sometimes try to be technical singers where they it, sing you know what i mean like where they really sing they're not like just singing they're like american singing. idiot broadway musical moment that yeah. was an interesting moment in time well, and the newest album we'll talk about that one really? where he did all the covers i'm really don't we'll talk about that more in the next episode though but that's gonna be painful but, but anyway. so, so this album obviously brains do is like the one everybody knows but yeah. i will say that that song is so different compared to most of the other songs on this album yeah I think other than like jaded because those two kind of like go together yeah they go together like in the radio and whatever but there's definitely i think a disconnect between that specific track and i think that's why that one gets all the airtime because insomniac's not really commercially um accessible it wasn't accessible when it came out. You know, the the, the previous fans yeah. were mad that they didn't get Dookie the sequel, as is a very common trope with bands yeah. that start out like that. But um, Dookie 2. Dookie 2, man. Dookie 2. Oh, here's my Dookie 2, bro. It's, it's is so annoying. And I think, well, and even Proof, which we're going to talk about this more, obviously, in our next episode, but they kind of tried to do an American Idiot sequel and see how well that worked out for them. Like, you can't do that. That's not a thing that works. 
Don't yeah. sequel an album. That's not... Ugh. Move forward or stay where you are and quit when you're up. Yes. Because otherwise your career thing. will end. You need yeah. something to keep your career going. And another thing, if you're starting out as a band or artist now, like, Green Day already happened, the Beatles already happened, Nirvana already yeah, happened. You can't Move be on. that. You can't be that. Be something else. You're not going to be the next... You're not going to be Kurt Cobain Part 2. You can't do that. You're not going to be Billy Joe Armstrong. Because Kurt Cobain part... already happened, you know? Yeah, you can't be Billy Joe Armstrong Part 2. Like, you can't do that. So, anyways. Insomniac, I think, is a more produced version of Dookie. Like, uh, yeah, what they overall, it's like... They slowly, like, through their discography, they slowly gain more money. Therefore, their sound is a little bit sharper. Definitely. A little, in a way. Because it's still, it's still this gritty, like, garage rock kind of sound where it's, like, very punk and very Mm -hmm. heavy guitar and whatever. The lyrical content of Insomniac is very much, it's a little more grown up. And it's a little more mad. Like, they were growing up, they were teetering on very, like, they're very angry. It's a very angry album. The overall, like, the overall zeitgeist i love using that word the overall zeitgeist of insomniac is very hostile <laughs> I, love, I love using that word she says i do love using that word it's um fun. but yeah nimrod is a whole other nimrod shebang. is very interesting i don't understand how this album even really worked because this was still in a time where people are listening to like well cds would have kind of been coming in by now yeah definitely early 90s oh yeah definitely yeah cds were were well established but nimrod was like it's it was a weird combination of songs. Like, they went experimental, and they took it far. Like, you had you had Take Back. He had that growl. It was really, like, it was hardcore in a way. It, it, as in, it was it was just more than what they had been doing previously. It's not, you know, the typical punk type of vocal chorus and I, I hear. And I think listening to this as a whole album, like, whether you, you know, listen to it on cassette or a whole CD. Yeah. Um... Because by by ninety seven that would have been a little more a little more prevalent I guess but I mean listen I couldn't imagine listening to this all the way through like I've done it many times like being, let me tell you it's, well, it's a roller coaster well like being a fan of it and being like oh man I'm gonna go buy the the new Green Day album today and then you, and like, then you're talking about it. like hearing it for the first time yeah. after knowing Green Day previously yeah that that must have been interesting because because had... it's not too terribly far like obviously it's like okay this is Green Day still like you can tell it's Green yeah, Day yeah they just but it's really... also difficult for me to think like that because I've listened to this album so much for yeah. so long like I don't remember the first time I listened to this yeah. album. You know they, I mean? they took a lot of different things in a lot of different directions. Like King for a Day was another like, what? like that. Um, whoa, yeah. The top, <laughs> the tap on the shoulder for like the progressive type of you know. It's another one of those songs like something we haven't mentioned yet in this episode. I don't think is the constant questioning of Billy Joe Armstrong's sexuality. Oh, this is another song that definitely probably um, added. It's to that. so annoying. Like, why can't we just enjoy the music? Like, I don't care about who you want to sleep with. Like, I really don't. Like, just. I don't get what the big I don't get the obsession about it at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the obsession. It's with not it. what he's doing wrong in writing about it. I think that's a good no, thing. No, no, no. I think it's the fans constantly asking and needing to know something yeah, that it's it does not matter. It's it doesn't matter to the music. It doesn't matter to them. So just don't ask I mean, people it, that. Maybe it matters to them. I don't know why it would, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> y'all weird. So anyway. it came for a day is kind of like this like drag king, drag queen kind yeah. of thing. It's got, you know, the trumpets in the background. It's flamboyant. Yeah, I like trumpets, it. I like know. it a lot. Trumpets, man. Trumpets, bro. Yeah. Trumpets, and then dude. Good Riddance. <laughs> and Good Riddance. Everyone knows that song. It's a freaking uh, end of the year song, New Year's football game type white athletic people white people anthem. song. Yeah. White people anthem. 
Yeah, man. White people love good runes. Something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. <laughs> I hope you've had the time of your life. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's it's a good song. I can see why it became the hit. You know, it's, it's catchy. It's ex- accessible. Can I speak? Everyone... They're kind of different for them. They haven't done any, like, acoustic, yeah, acoustic, sit down acoustic was... guitar. Yeah. And even at the very beginning when you hear him, like, mess up and, like, clear his swear. throat and all that and, and swear. Yeah. Um, but that was funny. It's it's like a it's a like almost like he's sitting in front of you on a stool playing the the song to you yeah. kind of thing. It it feels personal. I think yeah. that's why it appealed to a lot of people. Yeah. White people love that. Right. <laughs> Moving on from the anomaly that is Nimrod, we have Shenanigans, which I think is technically another compilation. No um, warning. Isn't warning next? Yes. I forgot about warning because it's just that forgettable of an it album. It really is, actually. <laughs> that was a good save right there. Yeah, I was like, warning, <laughs> <Thank you>. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, very disappointing album for their fans, I think. And if they hadn't already jumped off, I was saying this earlier, if they hadn't already jumped off the whole Green Day fan thing, because... Everyone that I, jumped on with yeah. the Dookie probably jumped off with Warning. Warning. If they hadn't already jumped off by... By Insomniac Neighborhood, yeah, they had now. They jumped off during Warning. Warning overall, if you're looking at it in general, is a very boring album, in my opinion. But there's some, as I like to say golden nuggets in there castaway great song it's it's like i always it reminds me of like pirates maybe it's made the word castaway okay the way he sings i, it, I feel like I mean, I, it just makes me think of pirates the of only stuff. two songs i really know off this album like really know are waiting in minority which i was gonna say are the other two i think good ones and the rest are just kind of boring. yeah sorry if you're a macy's day parade stand yeah if you're it's what's the other good. one i can't I don't know that it's just mainly a forgettable album and it's like it was it had been what you said three five years since they last put out something so it was kind of like okay we have to put something out so people don't forget about us I was saying earlier I was like I wonder if this was like a a record label thing where they were like oh we gotta throw an album together here it is contract something I don't know I don't know it would that's just the music business that's what it sounds like wanting to give an explanation music business major over here yeah it's me (laughs) that Um, that would make sense that's what it sounds like which is but then after warning we have shenanigans which Uh, as i said before when i forgot about warning compilation (laughs) yes compilation album i think it's actually underrated there are a lot of good songs in there this was the album i think that i probably very angry i think it i was saying listening to this album it sounds like they're very very mad at like a an individual like at one, one person. person like this entire album sounds like it's directed at one person so if i you think have that's one hilarious. person in your life that you need to direct some anger onto listen to turn on album, shenanigans bro. just that's why i did it. man just... i remember 13 years old listening to sick of me for probably the 700th time someone must have been mean to me at youth group or something i was the so church. upset <laughs> i was so mad about something my little 13 year old self i literally turned this song on for like i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna punch the wall but i'm gonna play sick of me by green day while i'm doing it it's gonna be sick and i did that and i did not that sounds like 13 year old anything. hannah yeah i had, yeah. i bruised my hand and that was it <laughs> it was very underwhelming um but honestly that sums up that album pretty well if 13 year old you yeah. wants to go punch a wall put it on man you lied, I think it's actually a good If 13 year old you wants to just do anything, just put on Green Day, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I think Scumbag and Sick of Me are probably my two favorites. They're just really, they're like mad. Like, they're just mad. It's like bratty. That's what this album is. Bratty. It's bratty. That's good. Yeah. And I really liked that stuff at that age because I was a little brat. I still I mean, am, probably. 13, but I mean, yeah. I think it was funny. It really was. It really captured that time in my life. <laughs> I think that's when I had just moved to the city. 
after having no friends and being homeschooled on a farm. That's another. I can go in more detail yeah, on that Yeah, we later can talk on. about Hannah's past with Green Day a little bit more. <laughs> Next episode, we get to hear about my personal. Next episode, Haley will have some hot takes. Yeah, I will have some hot takes. She Next is episode. what you might call an American idiot, Stan. I do <laughs> really like American Idiots, so I will have a lot to say about that album. So, ending off on kind of a iffy note, you know, a lot, not a lot of previous Green Day fans were still around. You, A lot of people probably would have described them as, as having fallen off at this point, if you want to say that. Oh, but they're ready to come back. But they come back there's swinging. There's a comeback. It's on the way. With American Idiot. So tune in for Green Day Part 2 when we start with American Idiot and go forth from there. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode, guys. See you next time. Sip responsibly. Sip responsibly.